Hello, and welcome to the episode of Women in Engineering, Success Stories from STEM Professionals. In this episode, I will be talking with Philippia Jeffries, a sustainability controller at BAM UK and Ireland about sustainable development, the global impact of engineering, and the crucial local impacts that engineers can have. And I'm your host, Tiffany Tichi, a senior mechanical engineer, STEM advocate, TEDx international speaker, and an international recognized author of children's books, including What Can I Be? STEM Careers from A to Z, and the STEM Crew Kids Adventures series. I'm also the host of the Read It Right radio show on WDRB Media, owner of Thrive Edge Publishing and owner slash publishing consultant of Inspired Office Publishing. And with that, let's jump right into today's episode. Before we go on here, here's a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, PSNS. PSNS is an award-winning one-stop shop of architecture and engineering excellence. The depth and breadth of their expertise has helped PSNS grow into a firm offering multi-discipline, full-service architecture, engineering, design, environmental, and surveying consulting services. They offer a single source for planning, design, regulatory compliance services on diverse projects across several market segments, including education, energy, utilities, hospitality, entertainment, infrastructure, public improvement, real estate, and science technology. Having proudly served a sophisticated client base operating in numerous industries, they know the importance of developing on-time, cost-effective, and high-quality solutions to the most difficult challenges. For more information, visit and s.com that's p s n s.com now it's time to jump right into the main segment of our episode today i have with me philippa jeffries and we're going to go into doing our women in engineering podcast welcome philippa thank you so much it's great to be here and uh, the magic of technology means that we can do this uh, across the atlantic so great to be uh, great to be connecting with you today yes yes Let's go ahead and get started. Can you tell our listeners a bit more about your background and journey in engineering field and how you ended up where you are today? Absolutely. Yeah, um, I have told this story. Actually, I admitted this to my dad the other day because I was determined not to be an engineer. And I and it's because it's not because my dad was an engineer, but maybe that was part of the problem. So I was determined when I was about 16. I thought, no, that's not what I want to be. Um, and yet I think it was because I didn't really appreciate what engineering was as much as my dad had been an engineer I just don't think I really had the right image in my mind so luckily uh, I had some great careers advice at school um, and I got to actually meet some real engineers um, and then I was lucky enough to go on some sort of um, activity courses um, at some local universities um, and really understand what engineering was because ultimately for me um, I had this very different image I think uh, maybe I was thinking of a mechanical engineer well not even a mechanical engineer a mechanic in a garage um, or um, yeah just just the wrong kind of image but then slowly I came to realize that the things I really enjoy doing which is the problem solving and trying to come up with new ways of doing things well ultimately that is that is an engineer so uh, I rallied against it um, but having had some insights uh, I then uh, sort of took myself off to, to university to, to study engineering and, and really understand it in more detail at that point. 
Wow. I love it. I love how you took a different perspective of saying, okay, I really didn't appreciate engineering, especially with your dad being an engineer. So now it's like, okay, full circle that you became an engineer, but you value it and you see the value of it with that. And so I love how you told your journey from that. So thank you for sharing that. What does sustainability as far as development mean in the context of engineering? And why is it critical for our future? Oh my goodness. I mean, what a question and such a such a, a big topic. Um, and I'm sure we haven't necessarily got time to to dive into it, but I think let's let's hit with the, the headlines. Ultimately, we have one planet and engineers are crucial to the creation of our built environment, everything that we do and touch. Um, often I challenge people to sort of think about just their morning routine. And, you know, before you've even got out of bed, you're probably lying in a bed with uh, like materials manufactured by materials engineers. You go to the bathroom to brush your teeth, you turn on the tap and already there's water running or you assume there's gonna be clean drinking water coming out of the tap. Again, there's an engineer behind that. And it's all of these things that we take for granted and they're so crucial to our survival in this world. And yet engineers haven't been that good and I'm not bad mouthing the, the individuals, but as, as, a, as an industry, we haven't really appreciated the impact that we have on our environment. So we've built and created this amazing world and we've, we've manufactured things. And, and now a lot of the time we think, ah, oh, we're better than nature and we don't need anything. We can solve a problem. But I think you can definitely start to see climate change is very much happening. It's causing some real challenges. The worst thing is it's the, the hardest um, effective, like the people being affected the worst are probably the people that had no say in that but you can start to see the sort of the poorest places in the world who already struggle for water access who already struggle for food these extreme changes in our climate are really going to impact them first so now it's definitely the responsibility of engineers to acknowledge that we have a complete control over our built environment and we need to be making sure that we're adapting to our climate. But we're also trying to mitigate what we do and try not to make any sort of worse damage. So sustainability comes into that in that it's not just the environmental sustainability, but it's all about the financial sustainability. It's also about the people who are we getting to build this? So it's all those three pillars of sustainability that we need to be thinking about and making sure that we're not just going, hey, we've built a really tall tower. Great work, guys. Um, but actually, let's think about why we're building and who we're building for. And that's it. I think you've tapped into it as far as knowing the value of it. Why are we doing it? Why is it? And that th that's why we have to we're engineer and definitely the question and attitude. I'll deal with that with the where I am. So I love how you said yes. And it's the real world. I mean, everything we do, and I tell that to the kids. So everything we do is the real world with engineering. <laughs> and so when yeah. you're saying we have to be mindful of it, I love how you shared that. So thank you for sharing that. So in your experience, how do engineers navigate the complex trade-offs between environmental social and economic factors in project planning? Oh, I mean, it's a juggling act. But I think that's why I love my job, because that is the challenge. And and I, I said earlier about how I really enjoy problem solving, and it's all part of that problem solving. So engineers don't just solve the problem that's put in front of them. So I, I keep using infrastructure projects because I'm a civil engineer, so I, I will always refer to bridges and things. But it's the idea of like, 
if you are trying to cross a river, it might be that you say, right, we need to build a bridge. And so you then focus on building a bridge, but it's taking that step back and being like, well, what are we actually trying to achieve here? And in doing that, taking that step back, you can then start to factor in all those other aspects. So it's no longer just about solving that one problem, but all of the other challenges and remembering that it's within the context of the world that you live in. Um, so how do you do it? start early start thinking about these things but also don't do it alone um definitely like i know people are great they've got their idea they've run with it but there's a reason we work in teams because you need to make sure that you're getting a different perspective it's so common for uh, infrastructure projects to be finished and then someone will be like why didn't anyone think about this and and with hindsight it's obvious but you can imagine that as the design progress has gone on you're focusing on other things so you need that diverse team with people coming up with new ideas and perspectives to be able to get that full solution uh, that takes account of all those challenges you hit it a lot of times we have to think about it with the jobs that we do. We have to work as a team. And I love how you emphasize that. You might not want to be working with that team, but you both have to be put together. I think about that too. But we each bring something to the table. And that's the mindset we have to think about when you talk about working as a team. Everybody has some contribution that you definitely have to consider. So I love how you shared, yes, being able to tackle that. And so let's talk about how can engineers actively contribute to achieving global sustainability goals while making a local impact? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think this is maybe it's a sign of my age, but I definitely graduated and thought I could fix the world. I, you know, the optimism, the excitement, you're fresh out of university, you're, you're in your 20s and nothing can stop you. And then and then you have to step, face reality. Um, and I think it's keeping that realization that it's a culmination of everyone's efforts that will solve this problem. It's not going to be the hero. Um, maybe if you've read too much Greek mythology or um, even just the Marvel superhero movies will give you this impression that maybe one or two people will come in and save the day. It's not going to be that. Um, so as an individual within your project, within your task, it may not feel like you're making that much of a difference. But just making that time at the start of a project, maybe you're at the design stage or even once you're at construction, it's going, have I thought about everything at this point? Can I do this slightly differently? Because ultimately, the way we've always done it is no longer the right way. So challenge yourself to think about a new way of working. Challenge yourself to make sure that you've considered like, well, could I reduce carbon in this? Or is there a more efficient way so that I'm using less energy? Those are just the little questions and it will be a small change perhaps for one project, but if everyone is doing it in their projects, I believe that's the the only way that we're gonna solve this at a global scale. That's it. I think as far as you're saying, we've always done it like this. Those type of mindset is not the way to think about it. So I love how you emphasize that and thinking it might be just small, like you said, minor things, but you're making an impact. And I think that's the key thing that you're sharing with us. Now let's talk about our young people. What advice would you give to aspiring engineers looking to have a positive impact on sustainability through their careers? Absolutely. Well, I, do you know what? Even before they've become engineers, if there are people out there still trying to work out what they want to do, I mean, I'm still trying to work out what I want to be when I grow up. I'm, I'm enjoying time now. But I think keep an open mind, keep asking questions. Um, and, and I know you, you and I both understand the challenges of working in a team and there are going to be frustrations as well. But I think um, acknowledging the fact that 
things are going to be challenging, but that challenges you developing and learning. If it was all easy, that's that means that you're not actually putting yourself out there and, and kind of trying to make sure that you're growing. So yeah, up until the point of retirement and probably even past retirement, you should be going, am I learning? What what new things did I learn this week? Because that's the best way you're going to be to really ensure that as you grow and move into like this changing environment, you're the best prepared you can be for whatever sets you up. Um, but also you're going to fail 100 percent. That's just going to happen. And you'll wake up on a Monday morning and go, oh, gosh. Did I really have to go and sort that out that I didn't manage to resolve on Friday afternoon? Um, And that's perfectly normal too. Um, But failure is part of the learning process. And I just hope that, you know, you'll find yourselves working for a company that understands that as well. Um, Because ultimately, you know, you need the support to to then learn from from those failures. Wow, that's it. As far as you got to learn and you're constantly learning. And if you're not wanting to learn or growth, then you're just stagnant and, that, and complacency is not good. So I love how you said you got to continually learn all the way up until, you know, retirement and further on, just continuing to grow and learn is a constant thing. So I love how you tapped into that. So let's talk about, are there any innovative engineering technologies or approaches that had have a hold as far as promise in advancing sustainability? That's, oh, I mean, I'm sure there are because there have already been massive um, developments. So if you look at solar panels that once upon a time were these enormous things that had really terrible efficiencies unless they had the perfect amount of sunlight falling on them. Um, I'm a an ambassador for the Queen Elizabeth Prize for Engineering and we celebrate sort of big en- um, engineering successes. Um, and our most recent award winners were a multitude of people who had developed the technology for solar panels. So it wasn't just the one solution, but because of their engineering knowledge, because they built on what had been before, they've then brought this efficiency. So the solar panel is so much more effective at at generating energy um, from from sort of solar that that we've seen a drastic change just sort of in the the last 10 years. And and ultimately, again, there, there may be big leaps forwards in terms of innovation. We're seeing it maybe with um, having smart data. So, you know, you can embed and have almost your bridges talk to you and they can say, oh no, I'm falling down or well, maybe not in quite that flippant way, but we will have a lot more information available to us. But the challenge around that is then working with that data to make it useful and of value. So there may be some great brand new technologies coming out, but I would I'd almost say that it's probably already there and it needs building on. And what we need is the engineers with the fresh eyes to look at something that's already existing and going, that sort of works, but maybe if we did this, we can make it better. And it comes back to that small changes, everybody doing their bit and building on what has come before. Uh, that's that's definitely going to be a big change to, to our success. Wow. Queen Elizabeth Initiative. I love that you're taking part in it. That's awesome. And then you got to see the innovations with it. So that's a great example of how you've been able to tackle it. And so thank you for sharing that. So let's talk about, can you share an example of a project? where you successfully balance local considerations with global sustainable goals. I mean, I'd like to say that this is successful, but I think we're always going to have to reflect back and with time, we maybe have different ideas. But if I can set the scene, so I was very lucky to be working in West Africa in Sierra Leone. 
And the project there was to improve the water supply network to the, the city. So uh, in the 70s and 80s, uh, a system had been created and, and there was enough water in the system to supply the city. But cities grow and they expand and the city had sort of reached its limit in terms of the, the water access. But 50% of the water that went in at the top of the system was lost before it even reached the sort of the other end of the system. And this was through leakages, partly because of the age of the infrastructure, but also because of deliberate leak. Now, this is where the trade-off and the challenge happens. So the global sustainability objectives, the, the uh, sustainable development goals is access to drinking water for everyone. So this project, big tick in that side. But when you come to then look at where the locals interacted with their water supply, they'd got used to this leaky infrastructure. In fact, we actually had a car washing business that had sprung up because of one of these leaks and they used the leaking water to wash cars. So they had a great business running until us engineers coming to make their lives better actually stopped their business from being profitable because they no longer had access to that free water. There are challenges around whether they should have been using that water, but they were a well-established business and that was a livelihood. So the ultimate reaction could just be, well, no, it's you were illegally using the water, tough, close it down. But instead, what actually was found was the agreement was reached that we'd put a tap in at that location. So where there had been a leak, we actually gave them access to the water supply and that was factored into it so that their business could continue. So it's that challenge between local and global. You've got a whole city that needs water, but you've got individuals who have a business that is reliant on something that exists and that you're changing. So making sure you balance between that local and global is continuously going to be that juggling challenge and there's no right or wrong answer for like every single situation but that's where engineering judgment working with the community and starting to have those conversations can really make sure that the right decision is reached wow i love it you really emphasize the example to the T. I, I was in Africa and the fact that you said you went to West Africa, I went to Ghana and uh, um, but yeah. So, yeah so when you mentioned the different location that I love it and so how you was able to see where there was an issue but able to work with the local and go and be able to do it from that perspective and find a win-win for both ends and I think that's the biggest piece where you tapped into it and so thank you for sharing that was a great example of a project. <laughs> So can you um, share as far as any recommendations of any resources or organizations for those interested in learning more about sustainability um, as far as sustainable development, as well as its integration into engineering practices? Yeah, so I think the first resource or or group that I would recommend that everyone looks out for, because they, they do have quite a good international reach. So Engineers Without Borders. Um, so you might find that you have a local chapter. So there's there's Engineers Without Borders UK, and I'm sure that they're a similar, and they, they often operate within colleges, within universities, because uh, it was through them that while I was studying to be an engineer, um, they exposed me to this, this global engineer kind of concept. And it's, it's the... It's very easy at university to get buried in all the theory, you know, bending moment diagrams, load paths, all of that. And it's all very, very technical and you forget why you're doing it. Whereas what Engineers Without Borders brought a perspective shift for me was that actually we are global engineers and any decision that we make in a local context has a global impact. So please go and check them out. Um, they run some fantastic activities and it's a fantastic community of, of people that really appreciate and understand what it means to, to take that place. And, and sort of linked to that, um, there is a, a book called Small is Beautiful. 
It's written by an economist called E.F. Schumacher, nothing to do with the Formula One driver that used to be uh, around, but um, he was an economist and he he writes some fantastic um, articles where I, I remember reading it on the train and wanting to grab people and saying, could you can you read this too? Because this this speaks to me and this explains to me how we're going to solve our challenges of, of operating a sustainable world, because it's understanding that whole your impact and keeping things small and local has much better control than trying to fix everything on that big global scale but it's it's small as beautiful is it's a really good read so uh, yeah I can highly recommend everyone dips into it wow great resources everybody who's listening I hope you're taking notes these are some gems <laughs> here and you know what I look back at things in school with my engineer and one thing I do if I go back to you know think about regrets and stuff I wish I would have studied abroad and that's one thing I think about so with you mentioning that organization I love it um, and so thank you for sharing those different resources so everybody make sure you take some notes on it <laughs> <laughs> so finally what advice would you give to aspiring women engineers for navigating the challenges and opportunities that lie ahead in their careers. Oh my goodness, because yes, there are going to be challenges. I'd love to sit here and say, oh, I've had such an easy career and everything's run smoothly and I've never had to deal with slightly rude remarks on site um, because that is the reality of it. And, and I don't think pretending that it doesn't happen will help anyone. But the positive is that it's changing. Those attitudes are not welcome. And, and often what I find is that the people actually are really pleased to see that there are women in engineering because I, I mentioned the diverse teams and and ultimately there is such a greater understanding now of what we can bring and provide it's that different perspective we all have different life experiences and it's all of value to provide so have faith and belief that your experiences are just as valid as everyone else's in the room and that you belong there so please keep going and there will be setbacks but I think let's be honest that our colleagues want us to be there as well so find those colleagues that can support you and never do things alone like ultimately never design alone never try to do your career alone make sure you've got that support network and reach out to people and don't be afraid to put your hand up and say do you know what this doesn't feel right because it's better to be said at the start than at the end because hindsight is a wonderful thing but nothing can be done by that point so speak up at the beginning and and find your allies and people that can support you in that space mm. Awesome. Awesome. This is, I mean, I'm inspired just hearing it because <laughs> I can agree. I mean, I live in it. We're living it daily. Yeah. So um, thank you for that. So definitely that was inspiring as far as trying to encourage our women in engineering, those that's aspiring to be it. So let's talk about how can people get in touch with you? Is there a way for people to get in touch with you? Please share it. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? LinkedIn is probably one of the best places to find me. Um, Twitter used to be, but I think now it's X. It might be about to die, but you can still find me there while it's it's there. So maybe I don't know whether I can give it so for some show notes and everything. People can find me. Um, but yeah, search me out on LinkedIn because like I said, I'm more than happy to chat to people because I have had some fantastic support in my career and I want to pay that forwards and make sure that other people so it could be the the silliest of questions um, because there are no silly questions but please um, would love to hear from people and please reach out because there's there's a community out here and uh, definitely any support that we can provide each other to to build it because well we're going to need everyone we can uh, to tackle the challenges so so come and come and join the team. Love it. Thank you so much. You've been a great guest, Philippa. And so thank you for being a guest on our Women in Engineering podcast and continue to keep up the great work. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure and lovely to have spoken to you. And uh, yeah, look forward to hearing from people in the future. 
Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss our upcoming episode featuring interviews with inspiring women engineers, discussions about industry trends, and much more. Go to womenandengineeringpodcast.com where you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, may your engineering endeavors be as remarkable as the women whose stories we're sharing. Stay curious, keep innovating, and engineering a better future.